Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. You know, if I did leave my nine and five year old at home, Judah, I still think I'd be a good father. Although I'm not going to. I can't do it now. <laughs> After that last call, I think it all I had an emotional uh, drop off there. I still feel like I'd be a good dad. I think so. I think you're a great dad. You know? Just it, a bad decision. Yeah. I mean, hey. We all make bad decisions. Bobody's nerfed. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it happens. All right. Well, I'm trust the nine year old. You know, he's got to figure it out. He's like Brandon Roy. You know, you just get it in his hands, he'll be fine. Natural. He's a natural. But, you know, make him play with Sergio Rodriguez. You never know what's going to happen. Speaking of a Brandon Roy type, uh, on the line now, we got Tori Jones of uh, Blazers Uprising, a contributor, 750thegame.com. Check out his piece right now on Scoot Henderson. Really good stuff over there. He also does uh, a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of YouTube stuff. Him and myself do a podcast called Scorching Trails. Check that out. I'm really the star of that, but you know he he joins in as well. Tori, what's going on, man? Welcome to uh, the Ball Face Truth for your debut. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How's it going, Steven? Uh going well, man. Uh, am I right to describe your game as Brandon Roy? Ask you know the the step backs. I I try and bring those to the table just like he did. There is a uh, video on YouTube. I don't want to talk about it. That he did beat me one on one. We'll talk about that later. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, so your piece. On 750thegame.com right now, talking about Scoot Henderson. You, you look at Scoot right now, the last couple of games, he's looked like a completely different player, I would say. You know, I, I, at the start of the season, before he got injured, he was maybe the worst player in all the NBA, but the last you know five games or so, he has looked really well. What, what do you think is going on with Scoot, and why is he looking so much better uh, as of late? Simply put, I think he's learning how to play with pace. You know, coming into the league, Stephen, he was known for his speed, and I think he over-relied upon that a bit, uh, just trying to get downhill, trying to make plays. But he became too predictable, it felt like, early on in the season. It was, you know, he's not going to look too much for his three-point shot. Defenders can play off him. He wasn't shooting too well. And then he was going to try and beat guys off the dribble to his right hand. And I thought he got a little too sped up early on in the season. I think he started to finally slow down a little bit finally started to simply try and control the game. There's situations where he definitely needs to rely upon that quickness that he has because it's maybe his biggest strength. It's a God-given gift, but uh, I think he's done a good job of slowing down, picking his spots, and controlling the game more, playing with more of a change of pace. So I think that's the biggest difference. You know, Luka Doncic just played in Moda Center. He's a master of that. And in that game that he played against Portland, he was, uh, you know, he slowed down a lot controlled the game. Yeah, so he's a guy to look at to really exemplify that. Uh, I think Scoot's starting to figure out some of the nuances like that. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about that because it's like you, when you think of basketball, you think of the quickness and the athleticism that everyone has, but it really is important to have change of speed. And Scoot is so fast and so athletic that he's, it's like you said, he's relied on it too much. He has to learn how to slow down. It just seems, it seems, you know, against what you want to do in the game, but I think you're right on with that, and he's looked a lot better as of late. But you look at this Blazers team, uh, Tori, and Scoot Henderson, I think you know people were a little quick to say he, he's a bust already. Obviously, he's 19 years old, but you look at their, you know, three of the players that you're going to build around, potentially. Scoot Henderson, Shane Sharp, 
Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons is what, 23 years old? Shane Sharp is 20, Scoot 19. We've seen a three-guard lineup here in Portland. We've seen small lineups in Portland. Can these three guys end up playing together, like on the same roster and become, you know, a solid team? Or at some point are the Blazers gonna have to make a decision on what two guys to go with? I'm not quite sure yet, because if Scoot, Sharp, Simons, if those guys play together, they're definitely going to have strengths uh, in any given game, and that's going to be on the offensive end. They should be able to get out and run when you have three ball handlers like that, should be able to play off each other, and that trio long-term should be extremely offensively dynamic. The question becomes, can they play any defense? And you probably don't want to end up in the same situation this Blazers team was in the past five years where they have a really good offense, but the defense isn't good enough to get them over the hump to get them to be able to contend for a championship. So it remains to be seen. Sharp is bigger than any guard that the Blazers have had with Dame, CJ McCollum, uh, Anthony Simon, Scoot Henderson. Sharp's bigger than all of them. He has a seven foot one wingspan and can also jump. So he might have a chance to play at the small forward spot long-term next to Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons, but I think we need to see that in action to find that out. Luckily, they have time with these these three guys being young to see if that works, but they definitely have a looming decision hanging over their heads because they're going to have to decide between keeping all three and playing all three together and probably starting all three together long-term or choosing two of the three and trading the other. Yeah, and you talk about the defense. Uh, obviously, defense is very important. We've seen in Portland how how it's been such a struggle uh, with the Damian Lillard teams, whether it's Dame's fault or not, doesn't matter. It, it, the defense just never was quite there. The Trailblazers, and I've been talking about this numerous times on this program, Tori, like the defense was really good for the Trailblazers. Like It was fun to watch Portland play some defense. They were winning games with their defense. Uh, you know, Whatever, you give Chauncey some credit, give the players some credit, but the last five games... The Blazers have the 28th defensive rate, 28th in defensive rating. Uh, they're all the way down to 19th now in the NBA in defensive rating. In November, they were ninth. They were a top 10 defense in all of the NBA for the whole month. What is the difference right now between the November defense when the Trailblazers are winning games and competing in games with their defense as a top 10 defense? And historically, to be a championship-level team, you have to have a top 10 defense. So they were playing championship-level defense now they're at towards the bottom of the NBA. What, what, what's been going on there? What's the difference right now? Uh, actually, I thought in November they got a little bit overrated because I do think they got lucky in a way. They didn't play many dynamic ball handlers. And you've seen them up against Luka especially. He picked apart their pick-and-roll defense. Their pick-and-roll defense has not been good the past five games or so. But they were playing a lot of teams without that really good lead guard that could pick apart a bad pick-and-roll defense, so I do think some of it might have been a little bit of a product of schedule. I think DeAndre Ayton started to struggle, and he's looked a little checked out lately. I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, he was impactful. He was near the top of the league in deflections at the start of the year, was getting steals. Now he just doesn't seem as active defensively, and Part of the thing with Anthony Simons coming back is now the Blazers are playing more three-guard lineups. I think Anthony Simons gets a little bit too much flack for the defense struggling lately. Uh, Just because he came back doesn't mean he is necessarily the reason why the defense is struggling. But something with that is when they have Brogdon healthy, Scoot Henderson healthy, Shane Sharp healthy, and Anthony Simons, they're going to have to play lineups with three of those guys. And those lineups are going to be at a deficit defensively simply because they're playing three guards. 
And then on top of that, when you play three guards, it makes switching even tougher. They've been switching a lot lately. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into the defense falling off in the way it has. It's probably not just one thing. But I've also noticed this is Chauncey Billups' third season here in Portland. His first two years, the defense also started to slide in December, and that was with different rosters, different players. So it is kind of intriguing to me that this is the third year in a row where it's felt like the defense has started to slip at this time of year. Talking to Tory Jones, follow him on Twitter at ToryJonesYT. Read his stuff over at 750thegame.com. Uh, check out his stuff on YouTube, Blazers Uprise. They're doing a lot of you know a lot of videos, pregame, postgame, all that kind of stuff. Hop in with their chat. Uh, I'll join their show sometimes. We do a podcast, Scorching Trails. So check out all the stuff with Tori's everywhere uh, covering the Blazers. You talked about Chauncey Billups uh, and his defense, how they've fallen off the last, you know, as the month goes on. I have given Chauncey a little bit of credit this season. I thought for the most part through all the way through November, you know, leading December, the team has actually played hard, which they haven't played hard the last couple of seasons. They they just seemed already checked out right away. But this year he got this team to play hard. What's your what's your sense on Chauncey? Are you starting to think he could be an NBA coach? Or is it one of those situations where, you know, maybe the Blazers have the wrong guy and uh he, he never will be an NBA coach? I think he's fine for a rebuilding team. I have questions whether he can lead a team to playoff series wins. Uh, In-game adjustments, I haven't been too impressed with. And then situational late-game stuff, I've also had a problem with, especially the last game when they don't call a timeout with six seconds left. uh, And Shane Sharp ultimately ends up committing a charge, and that lost the Golden State Warriors game. I don't know if he's quite at the level schematically with X's and O's and being able to scheme and being able to adjust in order to uh, be a championship caliber coach. Now with the Blazers at six and six and 19, you know, that's not really the focus right, right now. It's more about development um, with these young guys, but that's kind of where I'm at. With are, him. are they fixable issues though? Like, is it just, you know, ex- getting more experience with Chauncey or is it getting another experienced coach? And then they have Scott Brooks on their staff and maybe get different guys on the staff. Are, are these issues fixable or, this is kind of on Chauncey. He has to get experience, and hopefully he learns it by himself. Yeah, I think year one, he definitely had that excuse, but this is his third season here, and a lot of times I watch games and I wonder, has he improved on anything coaching-wise? Because you expect a dude without any head coach experience, he only had one year of coaching experience at all before he came to Portland, and that was as an assistant coach with the Los Angeles Clippers. I expect him to struggle without that experience right away. I just don't know if he's gotten better since he became a head coach. And it's just a lot of the late game stuff. The Blazers lose a lot of late games, uh, a lot of close games. They blow a lot of fourth quarter leads. And that's been repetitive for the past three seasons. And it hasn't seemed to uh, have gotten any better. Um, So I think he's fine for now, Steven. He's a guy that the players seem to respect. Um, He's a guard. So, idealistically he's the right guy to develop a Shane Sharp, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, because, uh, you know, he had to learn some of the same things at the point guard position uh, as those guys need to. So I'm cool with him for now, but I do have questions. Once it becomes time to win, I do have questions whether he can lead that team. Yeah. Shockingly for the Blazers record at six and 19, they've been in quite a few games. Like they haven't lost by a lot, you know, as a guy who likes to gamble, likes to you know look at the spreads, they've covered a lot of spreads this year. Uh, where you wouldn't expect it to happen. Even you know their last game against the Warriors, they end up covering that spread. Uh, but you know they were way down, and then they come back. But uh, you know it's a lot of late game situations like that. I, I do want to ask you because the, you know the Trailblazers, 
they weren't expected to win this year, right? Like we weren't expecting them to do much. Maybe best case scenario, maybe compete for a playing spot, but that was just you know wishful thinking. Like how do you how do you go about watching these games? Like what are you watching to say and figure out? All right, like this is going to work later on. Like what is your mindset going into Trailblazer games? And how how do you enjoy them? Because I enjoy them. Like I think this team is fun to watch. I think they're fun when they're out there playing. But like what do you go about and what do you what do you look for when you're watching NBA games, especially the Blazers right now when they're when they're supposed to lose? Uh, right now, it's just looking for development, looking for Scoot Henderson to play better. And, you know, I, I like to think back to 2012. I was a big Dame fan when he came into the league, even before the Blazers drafted him. That's the guy I wanted them to take at six. And he hit the ground running, but still watching his development over the first five, six years of his career, especially after Marcus Aldridge left, made it even more enjoyable once he started putting up 50, 60-point games to uh, enjoy that. And I think with Scoot Henderson, he's struggled to start this year, but seeing him progressively improve the past five games has been fun to watch for me. And it's, in my opinion, the first signs of him developing into the star player that I think he'll be down the line. So with guys like him, guys like Sharp, who had that five, six game stretch recently where he was averaging 26 points per game, those guys aren't going to be consistent yet. The hope is one day they can do, you know, their best game this year is an average game for them. Um, Because in order for this team to win, it needs to find a star, maybe two stars, maybe three stars. It needs to find key guys that can lead this team. Uh, Anthony Simons might be the closest to that. You got Jeremy Grant right now, but seeing the development out of Scoot and Shane Sharp right now is really what's fun to watch in my opinion and what will keep this team intriguing all season long is they inevitably lose a bunch of games. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not expecting a lot of wins. Do you think, uh, you know, that superstar is on this roster right now, or do you think it's going to have to be another type of draft pick that they have to end up getting? I think most likely it's another draft pick. If Shaden Sharp can hit his ceiling, I think he has a top 10 ceiling in this league, but will he hit it? I don't know. I think Scoot Henderson has a great work ethic, uh, so I think he will grind. Uh, he will improve upon a lot of his weaknesses, and he could eventually become that borderline superstar player for the Blazers. But I think most likely, assuming they have really high draft picks in the next draft or two, I think it will probably end up being one of those selections. Trailblazers taking on the Suns tonight, uh, Tory Jones. One, I got a question for you. Does uh, Nurk deserve a tribute video? And two, who gets the loudest reaction from the crowd of cheers between Nurk, Nasir Little, and Drew Eubanks? Man, I'm super intrigued to see who gets the loudest cheer. Uh, I, I think it'll I be know Nurk. who I'm cheering for, Drew Eubanks. Yeah, you love yourself some Drew Eubanks. Um, I, I would be cool with Nurk getting a tribute video. I understand why people think that he doesn't deserve one because he's a role player and was here for, what, six years, seven years? But we went through a lot with Nurkic, the Nurk fever phase to his injury in 2019 to him coming back from that. I thought he was a professional uh, on and off the floor, and I thought he was a good teammate. Like, he became a little polarizing late in his tenure in Portland, but I would be – 100% 100% cool with them giving him a tribute video. I hope they give him a tribute video because I think he's earned it. Who uh, who would you rather take right now, Nurk or DeAndre Ayton tonight? Who's going to have a better game? Better game tonight. Nurk's going to be motivated, man. And Ayton's been struggling lately. I'm going to take Nurk. <laughs> All right. 
you're just a nerd guy. You you still have nerd fever. I am. That's your problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tori, thank you, man. Appreciate you for popping on. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. And everyone, go follow Tori Jones on Twitter at Tori Jones YT. Uh, check out his stuff on YouTube, Blazers Uprise. Read his stuff at 750thegame.com and check out our podcast, the Scorching Trails podcast, where we're talking all things Blazers. Tori, thank you uh, for coming on and taking time out of your day. Yeah, Stephen, thanks for having me, man. All right, man, thank you. That was Tori Jones. I want to thank him uh, for hopping on, talking some Trailblazers as the Blazers take on the Suns tonight from the Moda Center. Uh, I know I'd be cheering for Drew Eubanks first, Nurk second, and Steve Little third. That's my order. That's my Tell me your loudest of cheers. No, uh, you can call in 503-417-7575. And also, still want to talk about if I'm a bad dad, if I leave my nine and five-year-old at home. I'm still debating it, but I do think I'm leaning towards not. I feel like that's the right choice. Uh, the wife has really put her foot down. I don't think she's ready to leave and go to the store with me. But uh, coming up next, we got a lot to talk about college football play. If I want to talk about uh, coming up next, I want to talk about the preview, those type of games, Washington taking on Texas, Alabama taking on Michigan. Uh, I know that a lot of people are picking Alabama. I don't think that's the right side. And I'm going to tell you why. Coming up next, Steve Vaughn, Judah Newby filling in for John Canzano. On the <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.